Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello, welcome to this special extended interview with Marcus Ryder, MBE, who launched this year's appeal for the film and TV charity where he's the CEO and quite a new CEO. Two months. Two months in. Yeah, I'm, I'm still counting weeks. Yes. This is my eighth week. Uh, are you enjoying it? I'm loving it. But uh, it's like having a, a baby in the, you know, you have the sleepless nights and then you're lulled into a full sense of security when they sleep through the night. And then you think, <laughs> oh, this is easy. I can do this. And then you realise that that only lasts two weeks or one week and then they start waking up or they've then got teething problems. <laughs> and so I'm going through the, this is great. And I think in two weeks' time, I'm going to recognise, oh, my goodness. Here's the other things to do. Here's something else. Uh, so if, if people don't know, tell us a bit about, about the charity. What are, what are its aims? What does sure. it do today? So the charity's got three stroke, four basic aims. The three basic aims are to look after the physical, um, mental and financial well-being of people in the industry, um, people working in film, television and cinema. People mm. often forget the cinema bit. And the fourth aim, which was adopted in 2019, was to also address issues around equity. Um, so you can interpret that as being kind of um, diversity and inclusion stuff, but it's just equity generally, mm. trying to overcome barriers of people in in the industry. Treating people fairly. Yeah, and, and that type of stuff. I'd say the main thing that we're, we're known for are the looking at the mental health of people working in the industry and trying to address that. And there is a massive mental health, um, I don't think it's too strong a word to say, crisis mm. in film and television. And also there is a <laughs> there is an associated crisis when it comes to financial resilience, you know, as for reasons which I'm sure we're going to get into. Mm. So it's how do we help people with that? And those two things, well, know, connected, things are they? connected. Mm. And they're also connected to... Equity, as in, you know, who hasn't got the bank of mum and dad, because mm. then that will affect um, issues of equity and financial resilience. And so it's all it's all interconnected. And what attracts you to this role? I mean, it sounds a great role. Um, well, a couple of years ago, I um, established or co-set up the Lenny Henry Centre, the, the Sir Lenny Henry Centre mm. for Media Diversity, which was addressing issues of, of equity in... Uh, just film and television and and well actually no it's media more generally mm, we worked mm. with newspapers as well and, and what have you radio and so I was um, swimming in that area of seeing how do we make the industry better 
And this is kind of a natural extension mm. of how do we make sure that people love working in film and television so they can produce the best film and television they can do. And it comes from, you know, I worked at the BBC for 24 years, last eight years as a senior news exec, news and current affairs executive. And I was never um, a victim of bullying, but I've I worked in departments. I worked at BBC Scotland, which at that point there were some very public and high profile cases of bullying, um, which affects people's mental health. Mm. And I worked with freelancers. I was I was lucky enough to be staff, but I worked with freelancers and I've worked in the industry long enough to see the issues of financial resilience and financial hardship in the models and the financial models that we actually work with in the working practices. So, you know, is it, film and television is, I love it. I, <laughs> I, it's no exaggeration. I absolutely love the industry and I want us to flourish. I want, I want other people to love it. I don't want it, people leaving the industry that I love. I mean, you must have heard some kind of heartbreaking stories as people um, apply for the money. It's never a nice thing, is it, to, to ask for help? It's hard to ask, ask for help too. Yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely, and uh, we've got to make sure that we coordinate um, better. And we are talking to, um, uh, you know, BBC Studios. I was in a meeting with BBC Studios just two days ago. You know, we are talking to um, Warner Brothers. We are talking to Amazon. You know, we're talking mm. to everybody because they, it's in it's enlightened self interest mm. to make sure that these people do not leave the industry. And do uh, they get it? Yeah. I think they do. I think they do. I mean, the they do, but I would love them to get it so much that they could actually change their model so that the charity wasn't needed. Mm. Because currently, the model, and this is something which I I don't know. I've only I've only been in. <laughs> this is my eighth week. Remember, it's my eighth week. Um, but we do need to look at is the freelance model fit for purpose you know and uh, the trouble is is that that used to be a whisper that used to be a whisper as to whether the freelance model is fit for purpose and I'd hear some people say it and you'd think that you were some kind of mad communist person to, <laughs> yeah. to, whereas now I'm hearing um, you know very high powered execs saying we don't know if the freelance model actually works long term if we're going to keep that workforce if we're going to keep hold of that talent you know if if it's healthy for um uh, the british creative sector to be well, working so, to that model I mean, but, look, but I, we don't have an alternative right now that's that's the problem and I, mean, I look at it sometimes a bit where you have sort of the amazons and netflixes of the world investing in physical studios like huge physical studios kind of popping up in hertfordshire um whereas the human capital doesn't always get that that same investment does it yes and no because if you to be fair to um the amazons of of this mm. world you do see them investing in human capital you do see that they if they were here they could easily point to the raft of um, money they spend on, on training and what have you. So it's less about the goodwill. For me, mm. it's less about the goodwill of the streamers and, and the broadcasters. you know, And it's more about the economic model that they are working to. 
And the economic model that they are working to is one where you bring somebody on for a gig, they do the job, and then we don't know when their next gig is. And so that can have real issues, even if if you look over the course of, if you average it out and over the course of a year or two years, even if they're, the money they're taking home is reasonable, you know, trying to plan out that financial resilience when you don't know when your next job is, mm. you know, can um, be really difficult. And it can have massive, to say all these things are interconnected, it can also have um, massive mental health issues as well that insecurity um actually speaking of that we talked a, a bit about um uh, talking about diversity and, and representation when the industry feels more pressure uh does some of the commitments that that broadcasters and, and production companies have made do they fall by the wayside or are you finding that people uh, are focused on delivering what they've what they've promised in that space that's always the fear that mm. um it will be seen as a as a nice to, that diversity is seen as a nice to have and so, therefore, um, they those those commitments. If it is seen as a nice to have, those commitments will fall by the wayside. Um, I think some of the people that I'm talking to at Amazon, some of the people I'm talking to at at ITV, and then all of a sudden I get nervous when I say that because then people <laughs> say, "Why didn't he mention BBC?" So some of the people I mentioned, at, I, I'm talking about BBC Channel Four, whatever. So some of the people I'm talking at various mm. broadcasters and streamers um, recognize that if you want to create um, great product which appeals to different segments of not just the UK population, but just globally, mm. you know, having that diversity behind the camera as well as in front of the camera, you know, is absolutely necessary. My fear is that even with the best intentions of the broadcasters is that if you have a model of long periods of unemployment, yes, the charity's there. Yes, we will be able to help. But long term, it could easily become an industry where you have to have the bank of mum and dad. Mm. Long term, it becomes an industry where um, if you have, especially if it's freelance, if you have children, you can't afford to look after your, your children mm. because childcare is so expensive. So you won't be able to do that or you won't be able to, um, you know, go to a doctor's appointment because you're losing work because you're not getting paid as a freelancer to take that day off, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that we need to think of diversity in all its manifestations you know whether that's disability whether that's ethnicity but also social class mm. and economic they, again, background economic mm. background and they again they all intersect mm. you know it's not you know um and because they all intersect you know unless we can address that financial resilience um issue which the charity is trying to do um then even with the best will in the world you know, even with the best programs, I would say the diversity will, um, you know, will falter. Uh, well, okay. Final word word on the appeal. Uh, what are you hoping to achieve, sort of this Christmas, um, sort of out of work freelancers? Now, I am absolutely certain that there is a 
target that we have. And being eight weeks in, that <laughs> target number has gone clean out of my head. And I'm sure that I will have people back at the film and TV charity cursing me for not being able to remember well, that, all that target number. all targets can be exceeded, can't they? But they, they all can. But what we're really looking for is that what we have is that we have um, a recognition from some brilliant people so we have um, uh, people like Maxine Peake have come in and recorded a message. I've called in a favour for my old friend Lenny Henry <laughs> as well. So he's um, taken part in our um, uh, appeal film because what they recognise, and I think what so many people recognise, is that there is this crisis going currently on film, television, high-end television and uh, non-scripted as well. And uh, what we need is we need people to to dig deep and to contribute. And it's really easy to contribute. You know, just go to filmtv.org.uk. Um, and my point is that if you're in work, if you're lucky enough to be one of the people in work right now, working in film and television, then I feel it's almost, not almost, that's me being polite. It's your duty, you know, because, but for the grace of God, go all of us, mm. you know. We're all only a, a couple of uh, odd decisions away from, from strange things if, happening, aren't if we? If you are a freelancer, we are all just one commission away. Mm. Literally, we are all just one commission away, um, if we're in work, from needing the charity's help. And so once we can acknowledge that, once we can see that, then we have to give. You have to give. I mean, yeah. So to donate, uh, filmtvcharity.org.uk, filmtvcharity.org.uk. Marcus Ryder, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.